0: Welcome to Getting Defensive Thursday Edition, presented by Gridiron Ratings. Your path to the title starts with Gridiron Ratings. I'm your host, JJ Wenner. You can find me on Twitter at JJ Wenner. And tonight we have football. We have football. We are also fighting on Twitter at JJ Wenner. Injuries and hopefully some. Tonight we have football. With me tonight is Gridiron Ratings, senior IDP analyst. You can find him on Twitter, at the IDP tipster, Gary Van Dyke. Gary, are you having some technical issues? Yeah, I'm over
1: here crashing and burning. That's normal. Hit mute, come back on. Hit mute, come back on. I don't know, man. Roll on, dude. Roll on. Well, also with us
0: is our returning champion, once again, three weeks running. You can find him on Twitter, at Dynasty Trip, Trip Rebner. What is going on, Trip?
2: Man, it's a great day for football. I'm in the low tech studio here, yeah, rocking it out, man. No technical glitches here. Happy for some football with the Cowboys and the Bucks.
0: <laughs> oh man, Trip, I have drafted so many Cowboys in my redraft teams that I am practically playing all of my squads tonight. But oh, before we kick off tonight, remember to subscribe below for a chance to win the Gridiron Ratings Playbook—the only resource you need for all of your fantasy leagues. We will draw one winner for every 25 new subscribers, so be sure to hit the subscribe button below. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have hit another milestone and have selected the winner of the Gridiron Ratings Playbook. Gary, I am gonna take the honor because of your technical difficulties to
1: announce the winner. I'll just crash and burn, man.
0: (laughs) Thomas Schneider. Thomas Schneider, you have won the Gridiron Ratings Playbook. Thank you for subscribing. And if you want to win, make sure you subscribe below. Now, gentlemen, it is showtime. The game is tied. I think it's time for some news. Are we ready to jump in? Let's do it. All right. Well, TJ Watt signed a mega deal today. We were worried that it was going to last into the season. Uh, Four-year, $112 million, $80 million guaranteed. Gary, every new deal is crazy. Until the next one is signed, yeah. who are the edge rushers who may eclipse this next season?
1: Oh, <laughs> I put you on the spot. Uh, yeah, because I'll, I'll tell you off the top. I, I, the first guy I wanted to mention was Daniel Hunter, but I don't, I don't know. He would have to, he would have to really, really come out back just like he was before last year. Um, I'm not sure what Daniel Hunter's uh yeah yeah this is a big pop man this wasn't fair um I, I would think Daniel Hunter might be worth it I think that he's only a year older than T.J. Watt but I mean we still got you know you're talking next year Young's gonna be I don't think they're gonna make him play into his third year or something uh fourth year man he might get paid next year I guess he better uh really prove himself this year well hopefully that
0: d- defense holds up um now, I'm not recommending visiting Baltimore anytime soon because it seems if you go to Baltimore, you're going to hurt yourself. Uh, again, they lost all three running backs. And just today, quarterback Marcus Peters went down with a possible ACL injury, and it's probably out for the year. Trip, I, I know you were excited about the Ravens' cornerbacks. Uh, who is stepping up to replace Peters?
2: Hmm. Well, it's – um. You got. We've talked about Tavion Young in the slot, and they have the veteran Jimmy Smith there. Um, <coughs> Jimmy, Jimmy always hurt Smith. <coughs> yeah, yeah. They got this young guy named Brandon Stevens there, who's kind of a jack of all trades. And they were messing with him as a bit of a rover. And man, maybe he has to step up and play outside. I'm not sure. I have to check the depth chart to see exactly who's stepping up there next. But. That's the guy that comes to my mind. He's the guy that I thought, you know, on an efficiency standpoint would be interesting from an IDP standpoint, but I can't imagine him getting a snap, but maybe the door's open for him
1: there. That's, that's somewhat yeah, interesting. I think in the past he's, he's filled in as a, as a part-time starter when they needed him, uh, injuries or whatever. Uh, he's, yeah, he's never lived up to a mediocre, mediocre type of play. If he's got anything going for him, if he's actually going to be named that outside across from Humphreys, it would be that people are going to pick on him. The quarterbacks are going to pick on Jimmy Smith's side. you know. So, And I don't think he's all that great in coverage, actually. That might be why he's, you know, he, he might offer a little bit of uh, IDP protection and tackles. Uh, have an attack with a guy after he catches the ball. I'm not 100% sure that that's who they're going to go with because I don't know the – I know the guy, like Tripp said,
2: they have a few
1: in there, right, a uh, few young guys.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a kind of bare. I mean, the guys that they have, is it's, it's interesting. I'm looking at it now. So they got um, uh, Marcus Peters. His backup is listed as Jimmy Smith. And then on the other side, they have Marlon Humphrey um, and then Anthony Everett is kind of a – cornerback safety hybrid. I, that's our lads. I think he's more of a safety. Chris, yeah. Chris Westry, a street free agent from 2021, I never heard of. And Tavon Young, who I mentioned. And then there's Brandon Stevens. So that's the guy I kind of come back to is the guy that looks like he could step up and play more, but it begs the question, who plays on the boundary? Jimmy Smith is the only guy with a lot of experience doing that, and he's just real long in the tooth. He's not a full-timer anymore. So they're, they're in a bit of a jam right there. <clears throat> yeah, it's
0: a very shallow depth chart. Uh, lots of you know, untested guys who are going to have to step up if that Mm -hmm. team is going to be competing this year. Uh, Gentlemen, staying in the defensive backfield, uh, Tyron Matthew has been out of camp since September 1st because of COVID, and he may not play this week. Is there anyone on the roster who I should consider subbing in for Tyron Matthew, or is he like a a diamond in the rough? Like his role (laughs) won't be covered by anyone else.
2: Yeah, I think First, they do something different. I don't. Uh, he's kind of that defensive weapon guy that you like to move around to attack defenses. And I, I think they're probably a little more conservative. You got Daniel Sorensen continues in his role as more of a, of a in the box safety. And then you got Armani Watts and um, and Juan Thornwell come in, and the two of them are more conventional deep safeties. So I, I still think they probably play plenty of three safety looks, but I don't. I wouldn't count in, on uh, either Watts or Thornhill for for any IDP production. <laughs> If anything, source and might
1: get a little bit of a bump. Now
0: looking at the game right now, I don't know if you guys have had a uh, chance to watch the Cowboys are rotating linebacker pairs. So it seems to be a LVE uh, coming in for and Parsons and Neil are coming in on passing downs. And the other two are like rotating in for the base package. It, that looks like a cluster where you're not going to be able to start anybody. Right?
2: Yep. Yeah. yeah. I just I was thinking I was thinking and hoping that Parsons would be the full time guy. And he may still be as the season evolves. But yeah, none yeah, of the rest yeah. of them are worth the darn. You just you guys you know, They're I like see people on bird app saying, Hey, pick this guy or that guy. just leave them all aside. They can literally be on the waiver wire, which is going to be hard for folks to hear because there's name recognition there that But that's it. We were talking the other day uh, on Tuesday's edition, maybe
1: it might have even been last Tuesday and James had mentioned that it might take injury to really start to separate anybody, you know? So yeah, it's definitely turned into quite, uh, it's got a good probably dynasty aspect as long as you're looking at Parsons. But uh, other than that, it's a redraft recrap right now. Well, looking at the other side
0: of the ball on a, on a good note, Devin White already has six tackles, four solos. Um, kind of blowing up as they start the second quarter. So, uh, if you started Devin White, you're
1: off to
0: a good, good. Well, I hope
2: if you did. Yeah, yeah. If
0: you
1: didn't start Devin White, I you got some issues.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: he, he was on Gary's sit recommendation list.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, right, right.
0: Oh, don't say that. Yeah. Don't say yeah. that. Well, no, I was
2: kidding. No, I was kidding. You, you, yeah, go ahead. you were mentioning Marlon Humphrey. You know, We talked a bit about last time we were on, I think, about whether or not Marlon Humphrey could be the overall CB1 again. And we talked about how he was going to be on the boundary and was not going to be able to have those same opportunities. And this just cements that. But Marlon Humphrey is the only successful boundary corner they have. He is not going to play in the slot. He is not going to blitz as much. He is not going to be contributing to run defense as much. So those folks that are out there thinking he's their CB1 need to rethink.
0: yeah absolutely as injuries happen roles change Mm -hmm. when you're the most reliable corner on the team you're gonna have to cover Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to cover uh before we get to our green dot conversation gentlemen i want to turn this over to gary to go over some of his idp start sit charts gary
1: you're in control Hello folks. So some of y'all know that I've been doing these uh, start set charts for some time. If you haven't, this might be new, but either way, uh, after a long awaited and a lot of hard work this past week, we've got them uh, live at gridironratings.com. Just go to the IDP homepage or uh, in the menu, pull down tipsters office and you'll find the uh, charts all listed there. Um, So these were Completely revamped. Uh, I have people that's used them in the past. I used to do this by hand, and it had a totally different look. And we've completely taken that same five-step formula and put put it to work digitally. I guess you could say. So these charts are actually going to be available every Tuesday. Uh, just got to do some updating. It's not going to be a long wait. You'll have to wait longer on my tipsters' take, which we'll talk about here in a second. But I just would like to go over some of these cool features here. I want to scroll down. We've got all kinds of players we can go on. Uh, I think we had like over 750 in the whole pool for just IDP, Uh, some depth players, but, if you get a chance, and right now these are free for everybody for four weeks, why the five step formula primes, right now they're working off of projections and information we had from the end of last season, of course. And it's also why we tell people don't sit a stud week one, you know, don't split those hairs don't get all nervous because your guy said fringe, but he's still you know, play your guys it's 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 the fantasy gods are going to take fate on whatever it is week week one no matter what we say all right and it's probably like that for the next two to three weeks until things balance off but that's exactly how this formula works after we start getting information that makes these columns and i'll I'll explain them a little bit here in a second once that information starts building up building up over the next three to four weeks In the past that I've been doing these things, and I'm telling you for a very, very long time, um, it usually takes about that fourth week for them to really get their prime and their hit rate really comes up, it it stays up. Uh, In the past, I didn't even check it last year, but in the past has been 80, 85% some weeks. um, And the average is at least 75 to 80 on the year when it's all said and done. so with this being said, if you take a look up here, we get an SSR start sits rating. It's basically just the, the overall rating of all the information we have together. That is separate from my tipsters tape because you can rate everybody you want. But that's the one thing about this formula is that, that I've got to read it for you and know the situation because I'm sitting and I'm watching every one of these players. I'm looking these players up. I'm finding out if they're doing any good, if their snap counts are dropping, what's going on. So this is where the tipsters take comes in. A lot of you people on the the used them in the past, they know what I'm talking about. It's also how we, once we become members and lock it down, it's how we find sleepers. This is the exact same formula that I watch all the time and, and figure out all the time. So that, i can come up with those in-season sleepers which happens to be the idp tipsters motto um at, at, to go ahead and cut straight to it so the ssr yet like i said it's a it's accumulation of all the other information off to the right status is real simple status goes with your rating okay it's just a simpler way for you to sit start whatever and read it you can read the columns if you want uh, the, then the SCR is the, uh, snap count rating. And that's a couple of not only snap count and percentages, but it's another little factor we put together and we come up with a rating for it, uh, with the, the, the GRR is speaks for itself. That's our, actually our gridironratings.com rating, which right now they're a little bit low. It's beginning of the season folks. So, you know, when you're reading these numbers, it's just like anything else. You know, it's built off projections. So things will prime as we go. Um, Then we have the FPR, which is the fantasy points rating, which is another couple of things put together to come up with this rating. And all of it is added together. The most important probably, and one of the things that actually a lot of people liked in the past was my matchup strength rating charts that I used to put out on Tuesdays. Well. They are, and I've always claimed they were, a part of this formula. And it's like it's got its own three things in itself to accumulate the matchup strength rating. Well, we've taken it even a step farther because it's on here. It's gonna be updated every Tuesday. Like I said, you're not gonna have to wait. It's not gonna come in some little Google Doc looking thing that, that I just crapped out on. This is, this is going to have it for you, and it's even better because it's doing it for the players where I used to do it for the team. So it, it will split those hairs for us a little bit farther. Um, you can, you know, check out these charts. I got IDL, DL, edge, inside linebacker, linebacker, DB, QB, safeties. Got eight of them. If you can't find what you need in there, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we extended the, the the amount of these that we're doing right now. Uh, traditionally, I only did four, but we found, you know, once we got it all digitized, we was fine with it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. I urge you all, take advantage of these things. Go to gridironratings.com. As I said, find the tipster's office is the best way to get to them. Uh, it's underneath the ID pool idp main menu pull down and enjoy so before you
0: take this down just a couple questions if you can actually scroll up to the top so if you sort um by your (coughs) ssr the start sit rating Uh um, that's different than your tipster take but what what is different so if that's the start, sit right All right, well, let's
1: come down through here. Okay, well, of course. You know, folks, I want to be clear about something too. Let's go up here for a minute and we'll talk about these. Okay, so if it says start, the player's weekly scoring average is his floor. So whatever usually averages in your league, you know, is like career average or weekly average that you depend on. Uh, if it says fringe, the player's weekly scoring average is his ceiling. Okay. Okay. And then when it says sit, the odds are poor. The player will be IDP relevant. I, you know, we're probably at best, usually looking at about half of his average at that point. Um, yeah, last year, Aaron Donald flopped and every time that he did, I had a big old warning in my charts that he could, and to find somewhere else, this thing works, folks. But either way, I'm excited about it. I used to have a saying, "Trust the charts," uh, when I was part of the IDP guys. So, did I answer your question?
0: Yeah, I think you did.
1: Right. Okay. So if we go on the answer, I'm going to stick with. I'm glad you asked. Now you got me going again. So I'm going to write in here. Yeah, I'm not going to have it perfect because this is me and I am human but like, I guess some IRM information, but like right here with Christian Jones would make no sense. Now this is, this is, like I said, based off projections, based off the, his, this player's career. And it's coming up. We know we're not playing Christian Jones for Chicago because he's not the man with Danny out. It's Ogletree. So i put on here, trust use issues, a must set. So I have no problem going against what the actual formula says because it doesn't know the real life scenarios. So that's where I fine tune everything for everybody by keeping track on everything that I possibly can. Um, TJ, yeah, I, Watt, say,
0: I really like this Gary cause it seems to be a good mix of analytics, film, and just common
1: sense. I do I, I don't tell you, I mean, I, I get kind of choked up when I talk about this because I've said it before and, and I appreciate all the folks that's used it in the past. Um, you know it's my bread and butter it worked for me for years before i ever come and uh and started sharing it about 5 years ago with the famous football community before i got sucked into this so yeah it's it's i love it and to see it come full circle to this point to where it's digital like this and like i said i'm not going around on five different sites looking at five six different information and trying to do this on a notebook pad and thinking in my head, you know, this is, this is the next level. And I'm excited to see what this thing's going to look like when it comes up for the third and fourth week. And it's really started prime. It always hits a really nice stride by bye weeks Now we got 17 weeks this year. Everybody's going to be a little bit off. They're going to be handling their players a little bit differently. You know, a few hangnails might actually get guys rested, but, We'll, we'll we'll see how that goes, but either way, that that I can't wait to get this. Just even this information from this first week, it's just going to be totally different.
0: Well, I, I'm excited to see it in action. I'm excited to see it once it gets primed up and ready to go. Uh, if you have not subscribed to Gridiron Ratings, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Um, especially if you are in a lot of IDP leagues like I am now. As I like to say, gentlemen, I am an IDP enthusiast. I consume a ton of content and I play in way too many leagues. That is why I like to approach things from the perspective of a new IDP manager. So I read a lot about green dots and discussions about who is wearing the green dot. Gary, what is a green dot and why should I care about? it?
1: Well, the green dot, you can only have a one green dot on the field on defense or offense, a quarterback's on the offense, he's he's guys calling the play. So you have to have a guy on defense doing that too. Uh, They have a green dot right in the back says says that I'm the guy. And 99.9% of the time used to be that they didn't leave the field. Few more do now here and there. Being a full-time player, because you've got to be on the field, run the defense is a huge bonus. It can actually, we've seen it happen. It can make an average guy that can decide an average talent skill set on the field. If he can read the defense and get the right plays called Mm -hmm. and make the right adjustments, and it's his job, he can be very productive by default, if nothing else.
0: So the green dot is the person, the player in communication with the coaching staff who calls the plays.
1: Yes, sir. He gets the earpiece. He gets to hear the calls.
0: Now, (laughs) I guess I I should ask, do they cut that communication off like they do with offenses? Is that only good to call the play or are they coaching them up? Uh, Sort of like you heard about Jared Goff, right? Like, um, they would talk to him up until the point where he was right, getting ready to read the defense. Or is this just they call the play and the player has to do everything else?
1: Trip, sure. <laughs> what do you? I I, I, would I got, assume I it, got right. an idea, but go ahead, Trip. I don't know. Kidding. I would
2: assume the rule applies the same, but yeah, uh, with 15 seconds on the play clock, that the the communication to the field is cut off. But I that's good right. question. I hadn't thought that before. I remember yeah. that from Jared Goff an issue yeah because huh?
1: yeah. that would be hilarious and it would make no sense why right why three seconds before they're getting ready to snap the, the defensive coordinator is then going hey hey
0: look over there <laughs> yeah look over right right right, <laughs> right.
1: Look like he's gonna lose it yeah. yeah
0: okay so now that i understand that is it always a linebacker who wears it True.
2: No, last year, well, the T.J. Watts kind got of a linebacker, but he's worn it in the past. Uh, there are several safeties they're wearing at these days. Chuck Clark for the Ravens and um, the um, the Rams are, going, I think, going to roll Jordan Fuller with the dot. This was um, was what I'm hearing. So, and that's becoming increasingly a trend because teams don't necessarily want to keep a linebacker on the field 100% of the time. They they have a safety who is out there 100%, and they want him. Of course, the limitation there is it's awfully hard for that player to be uh, the single high playing 20 yards deep if he's wearing the dot and trying to scream out to his teammates with play call is. so there's a couple wrinkles involved
0: <clears throat> yeah especially if you're on the road right playing in a hostile environment trying to get your defensive play calls in mm-hmm. Right, uh, home crowd goes nuts well let's <laughs> jump into some of the situations where i, I want to find out who's wearing the green dot this year now that i know what a green dot is and i'm excited <laughs> about it uh let's go up to green bay no better place to talk about a green dot uh who is wearing the green dot up in green Bay trip?
2: Well, for everything I've seen is Chris Barnes. who was the UDFA from last year and a rookie. And, and Gary brings up the point about making an average player, a great IDP. And that's the perfect example. He's a guy that's going to be out there. I I feel sure there's, there's some counter takes to this, but I feel sure that Barnes is the hundred percent guy. I think he's out there with, with um, Devondre Campbell and nickel, but I think Campbell is, is I'm not a huge fan of his game. I think that the, the Packers continue to show a fair amount of dime using both the star and the slot positions in their defensive backfields. And I think that Luke Campbell will lose significant snaps. And Barnes is a good example of a player who's cerebral, who reads defenses, who makes up for a lack of athleticism by being able to respond quickly and be at the right place at the right time. And the Packers, I um, you know, hate to use past examples with tackle production because of the change in defensive coordinator. But, um, that, um, I think that the style of defense will be somewhat similar. I think it will be similar to what we've seen with, um, the Rams and, and some of the other teams that, um, that are, are playing this, a uh, kind of a nominal three, four with a lot of dime looks. And I think he'll be a very productive player for IDP. He's a guy that I've sought out this season.
0: Awesome. Gary, jumping to Houston. Um, are we looking at Kirksey, Cunningham? Who's wearing the green dot over there?
1: Uh, Kirksey? Uh, not for at least a few weeks until he's hurt. <laughs> but, yeah, I think he managed to, to stay on the field. he's He's got the green dot right now. Um, you know, uh, the way he had the opportunity last year when he went in with Green Bay, he was the Barnes replacement, or he was there before Barnes, and then he got hurt uh, within like two or three weeks, I think, or three or four weeks uh, he was really productive. He's probably going to be about the same here. I mean, if we look at just who played the position last year next to Cunningham, uh, you know, uh, what was his name? Uh, Adams. Yeah, yeah. And then he sipped off to Buffalo and he's nothing but a depth. He might have actually got cut, got cut. But either way, he was pretty productive. And he 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 won a lot of people some late runs into the playoffs because they were able to pick him up off the waiver wire after Chris, uh, Kirksey went down or I uh, apologize after McKinney, McKinney went down, right. Apologize, but either, either way, uh, Kirksey's your guy. He's probably best to be looked at. Even if he pops off a couple of good weeks, he's the second guy uh, on that squad. You want, you still want Cunningham, but Kirksey's going to give you some tackle numbers. You know, he's got the green dot. He's not going to leave the field. and And opportunity is everything.
2: They got a lot of linebackers on that squad. That's what I wonder. That's my hesitation with taking Kirksey in like an eliminator. I think he has awful lot of upside to be productive week in and week out. But um, you know, if you can't if you can't make lineup adjustments, man, at what point does he lose the job to Pierre well, Lewis or yeah? No, that's exactly who <laughs> I was
1: I actually like that signing. I like Pierre Lewis. I liked him when he was with uh Kansas City, I believe, or Arizona, Air Kansas City. Kansas City,
2: Washington, Seattle—he's been around. Yeah, Chicago. yeah, when he, yeah, yeah he
1: turned around. Got he looked good up in Chicago for a little bit, and then he got himself into some trouble. So yeah, he kind of stepped back at a point where he might have been able to take a step forward. But yeah, Kirksky—I don't know anymore. So is it safe
0: to say that we expect Zach Cunningham to to drop from where he finished last year?
2: I don't see how you could bet that he doesn't. I just, no, the tackle efficiency was just through the roof. Yeah. And people say, well, all the same ingredients are there. And I you can't, hard to argue that, right? The defense should be bad. Uh, they struggled to get off the field last year. They played a lot of too high. They, they didn't have a, you know, I think they'll do the same this year where they're not going to have a lot of competition from the safeties for tackle. I think it's those two linebackers eating uh, some two-gapping in front of them. Well, I don't know, man. not some two-gapping. We'll see. But I think that, I think it's just, I think it's fair to expect him to still be an LB1, but there's downside because he'll lose some snaps in dime, assuming that Perksy does wear the dot and and they do go some – I don't see, think they'll see a lot of dime, but if the, if it's the modern NFL, it's, it's awfully tough to bet on two linebackers on the same team. And so for that reason alone, I, I, Cunningham's not a guy I land. He's always a guy that someone's willing to – to expect the similar results from last year, I'm just I'm just not. I'm baking in more risk than that.
0: All right. Well, an update on the game: uh, Buccaneers are up 14-7. Devin White's up to seven total tackles. Uh, leading the Cowboys is Anthony Brown uh, with five total tackles and no sacks <laughs> oh, either. No sack
2: on Antonio Brown. That's why <laughs> he's getting peppered targets. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, the two Brown boys going at it. Uh, the last team I want to talk about as far as green dots go, um, Pittsburgh. Bush, Schobert just came in. Uh, I thought it was gonna be Bush heading into the offseason. The Schobert signing and what we've seen in training camp, I kind of leaning the other way now. Uh Gary, which way? Who's gonna wear the green dot?
1: I I believe Schobert still ends up with it. Yeah, they, 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 they've they seen enough of Bush. They're not going to have him out there full-time. You know, uh, whatever packages they decide to use him in them, whatever they decide to do, Skolbert's not coming off the field. They made that trade for a reason. They took that on for a reason. And Devin Bush hadn't been getting it quite done. So I've been throwing out those warnings since first of the year, folks. <laughs> Devin Bush is dropping, and Skolbert just probably sealed that deal.
2: Man. I think in defense of Bush, I think that it's like Cunningham in the sense that you want this guy out there running and chasing. You don't want him thinking. He's the athlete. He's the guy that you that you want to make plays and not worry about setting the defense. And Shobard has a good long history of setting the defense. That said, I think the downside for Bush is greater than it is for Cunningham, and people are not baking that into their draft positions from what I'm seeing. I still have Bush pushing the RB, one, the LB one conversation. And I look back at his rookie year snap totals and he had three or four games where he played hundred percent, but he also had a couple games where He was in the sixties. Yeah. I would be worried about that. The only saving grace he has is they cannot seem to figure out their dime personnel because they cut Antoine Brooks and our color from the left. And so, but I, I would still be awfully concerned about him being a guy that's playing like 80% of the snaps and, wow. and certainly being productive and efficient while he's out there. But, it's awfully hard to make up with a loss of twenty percent of your snaps. I mean, that's that's like two tackles a game, and so that's four points in some scoring settings, and you gotta and then he would just sneak up for it,
1: and he would disappear on us, he would have a good game, disappear, come back <clears throat> and forth. Talking about Bush, it's, it's just yeah, it's a very aggravated. I can imagine for Tomlin because it's hard to believe a middle linebacker could record three tackles. I, if I recall, right, there are plenty of games that he's had in his career where he had three tackles. That's not middle inside linebacker production here, And it possibly was a really good sign that Tomlin was not, you know, thinking this guy's going to catch on because he just continuously did that. Um, it, it, it was a good move by them to get scolbert.
0: Yeah, I. I worry about the uh, very fast middle linebackers who chase down plays. As a Jets fan, we had uh, Darren Lee, uh, who flamed out. He could run really fast, but he couldn't shed a block. And unfortunately, when you're in the NFL,
1: (laughs) you've got to get some
0: big guys, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Getting their
0: hands on you, and you have to be able to get off the block, or your speed doesn't matter.
1: I, I did my fantasy pros expert consensus rankings or whatever, just did them earlier today. And it was so wild because at the first part of the year, I think I had Bush in like the early twenties in linebacker rankings, right? Linebacker, maybe maybe the low teens, and here I dropped him clear into like sixty in the overall IDP or whatever. He was like, uh, I don't know, my thirty eighth something linebacker in the ta- tackle heavy ratings, so. Yeah, he he's he's fall from grace. We see it all the time. It happens all the time.
0: Game update. Cowboys just scored um, to make it 13-14 uh, with four minutes left in the first half. Gentlemen, I want to get out of here so I can watch the rest of this game. So is there anything else you guys want to talk about tonight?
1: Well, hey, let me rattle these off for you, folks. I just did one. It won't take but a second. You can get to your game. But I, I, I thought that I would share the list that at least that I've gotten together from what I've researched. And I was going to tell everybody real quick. 49ers, you got Fred Warner wearing a green dot. With the Bears, you got Rogan Smith. The Bills, you got Edmonds. The Buccaneers, you got White. Uh, Chargers, you have uh, Darren James. Derwin James, sorry, is, is wearing that dot, uh, the Colts, you got Darius Leonard. These might be a little bit out of order. Cause I have other information on here in this dime drop for members only that are pulling some of this out of, sorry about that. So Cowboys, uh, Parsons, Falcons, Dion Jones, Giants, Martinez, Jaguars, Miles, Jack Jets, uh, CJ Mosley until Jared Davis returns. Unless one of these rookies that everybody was hyped up on like turns into Superman or something. Uh, Saints, you have uh, Davis, Seahawks, Bobby Wagner, of course, Steelers, Joe Skolbert, Bengals, Logan Wilson. It's a good story here, folks. There's another one of those maybe just good enough talents. As long as he can read that defense, he's going to be an every down and middle inside linebacker. They're, people are valuing this with him, I think. Yeah. Um, Anthony Walker, same way. Then you have Jay Jay and Collins for Cardinals. Dolphins, you got Jeremy Baker from as far as I could tell. Eagles is Eric Wilson. Lions is Alex Alizano, which, hey, there it is. It's productive by default, folks. You get you a piece of that for a little bit at least. Um, Then you have Chris Barnes. Then Panthers, you have uh, Shaq Thomas. Rams, here's you got Jordan Fuller, Ravens. They've had Chuck Clark doing it. I don't know why they want to hand it over to Patrick Queen. To to me, that's a little bit disturbing why they won't, but I guess they really like how Chuck takes care of uh, the things on the field. And then you got Jan Brown. And then with Washington, it's going to be Cole Holcomb. Probably sitting. So hopefully, I, I see Bostic on a lot of waiver wires. You guys are correct. Bostic is done.
0: <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thank you, Gary, for that list. Um, it's time for final thoughts. You can find Trip at Dynasty Trip on Twitter, and his work is at DynastyFootballFactory.com. dot Trip, any final thoughts?
2: Well, I'm excited for some football, and I'm going to have uh, a big, long list of games to get through. And sift through some schemes and some waiver wire recommendations coming up here this week. I've got a lot of football to study. I'm
0: I'm looking forward to it. Uh, (laughs) Finally, the OG of IDP can be found at the IDP tipster on Twitter and subscribe to gridiron ratings for all of his IDP analysis. Gary, any final thoughts?
1: Ah, I think somebody just sacked Brady. No, he just threw an interception. All right. That was my we'll final thought. It.
0: We'll take <laughs> it. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I am at, I'm JJ Wenner. You can find me on Twitter at JJ Wenner. Thank you to Tripp and Gary for joining me as always. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Make sure you tune into our Tuesday edition with Craig Ruth and the crew. Don't forget to subscribe for a chance to win a gridiron ratings playbook. And remember, your path to the title starts with gridiron ratings. Good night.